Hey, we are the Midday Referral Network, and this is our podcast. Check it out. Hi, I'm Meryl Loeschner, Chief Storyteller and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. With all the news about spiraling student loan debts, there's a lot of talk about the actual value of a college education. Does not going to college mean you're doomed to low-paying jobs forever? Not according to today's guest. Take a listen. Hey, welcome. Today we are here with Janiyat Iqbal, founder and CEO of NoDegree.com. Hey, what's up listeners? Uh, hope to give you a lot of great info and hope you can use my information to sort of help those around you. I'm assuming NoDegree.com with a name like that helps people without degrees. Yeah. How, how did you come up with the company? So I was on Reddit about approximately six years ago in 2013 and I was a senior in college and someone asked a question, for those of you without a college degree who make over six figures, what do you do and how do you get the job? And the, the professions I remember were, I'm a claims adjuster, I'm a surveyor, I'm a, I'm a tech at this hospital. And these were all random jobs. And when they, asked, when they answered how did they get the job, they were, they were saying things like, my father, my cousin, a friend of mine, oh, some, I was at the right place at the right time. There was no formulaic way of how they got the jobs. And then I was thinking, why can't I be that friend? Why can't I be that cousin? So I typed in trades.com. And it was parked, one of those parked domains. And I figured, okay, I can't afford this. They're going to ask like 100K. I'm a college student. And I, I was like, what about nodegree.com? So I put it in. I put my email in. I didn't expect much. And I think a few days later, someone sent an email saying, hey, we're going to sell this for like 1833 And then I was like, oh, man. I, could, I called like a few of my buddies. One of them didn't answer. The next two that answered, I was like, hey, we could do this. And they were like, yeah. So we were like, oh, okay, let's split up $600 each. And, you know, we had that was we had that during that was a lot of money for a college student, but it was enough. We could split it. And after we did that, one of my partners, who's currently one of my partners today, he said, oh, they're a domain reseller. We can negotiate. And then so I didn't since I didn't answer, they dropped the price. And he was like, look, negotiate. And we got it down to like 1433 and whatever. We split a little less than 500 bucks each. And that's how it sort of started. And the first few years, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of guys in the basement, just trying to bounce around ideas. And you know, I had these grand ideas, and my friends were like, "That's not realistic." And someone else had ideas, but we would always discuss it, right? It was a side project, and we discussed a lot of things. And then eventually, as we started doing it, I was like, "Look, I think we could really take this to the next level." So I think we always worked on it on the side while we had full time jobs. And eventually I real I realized like I wanted it to be a content machine because oftentimes like as you the jobs like people don't think of I'm I want to be a claims adjuster when I grow up. They don't say I want to be a surveyor when I grow up. It's typically like I want to be a cop, lawyer, doctor, engineer, right? The professions that people think of off the top of their heads. So I sort of wanted to be an information machine for so that people understood, oh, what well, I can be a claims adjuster or I can be a surveyor and then kind of give them a formula on how they could get those careers. And then I was like, oh, I should actually provide the job. So that's sort of how it grew. What's the most common job you see coming up on, on your site? Let me see. So I get so many jobs. That's such a hard question to answer because it's there's so the thing about a job is there's so many there are like two thirds of jobs in the U.S. don't require a college degree and it's like 
even within a hospital, there are so many positions. So it's like, you know, it's like saying, hey, what's the most common job in a, in a hospital? Most people would say doctor, but that's actually not. There are more nurses than doctors and there's more other staff associated with it. So, I mean, a lot of people tend to focus on the trades and I tend to write a lot of content about that because a lot of people don't really, a lot of the sites where you find information about the trades, they're really outdated. So it's like to find this local union, you have to know that that local union even exists. Some of these places I find because I literally drive by the local union office. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's the only way I find them. Without that, I would never, ever find them on Google. So you're trying to make kind of a clearinghouse yes. for not only the jobs that you can get without a degree, but information on how to get those jobs, what training you do need, what specs yeah. they're actually looking for. Yeah, that's a goal because I remember one time I was at the DMV and FDNY, so I'm in New York, the fire department was there, and they were like, hey, we're recruiting, they have an exam like once every few years, and I was like, okay, well, this is a bad way to market because unless you were at the DMV on that day, you probably missed out. And the fact is, I didn't need the job, but if you wanted to be a firefighter, it's like you have to follow like who, NYC Twitter. Nobody follows their social media. And so it's like, yeah, I, I, I want to be the information hub. So, so if someone who's interested in a career, I can say, hey, you know what? NYC is actually opening up their exam because there are these random email lists that you have to sign up for where like, hey, you have this exam to be a... I don't know, peace officer, you have this exam to be this, and the fee is this much, and the test is between these dates. And so many people just miss out because unless they have someone who's in that profession to tell them, hey, you need to sign up for this exam, they sort of lose out. Do you actively work as a recruiter? Do you go to people who are looking to hire and say, hey, why don't you post your job on my site? I'm an accidental recruiter. Ultimate goal is to sort of be removed from that process and someone just posts, they put the description and they, people sign up, whatever. But that takes some time because you need to build up a lot of traffic and building up traffic takes time, right? You have to rank for keywords on Google, you have to get, and the thing is I'm a bootstrap company so I don't have the funding. Yes, if I had a million dollars, I could easily pay marketing companies and really blow up, but I don't want to go down that route. And so I'm an accidental recruiter because I sort of came across a lot of people and for a lot of businesses their number one pain point is hiring I can't find good people I see it all the time it's like and the issue is is not that there aren't any good people out there it's the fact that they don't hire often enough to have someone dedicated to the process and since I'm going out and meeting businesses who are looking for jobs I'm going out meeting people who are looking for jobs so I sort of connect them so I accidentally fell into it because I have a mentor who's a recruiter for many years. And she was like, for a startup in the beginning, you have to do things that don't scale, right? So that's why you'll see these startups offer services that in, later they cannot offer. In the beginning, like the Airbnb, right? They post it on Craigslist. They have this level of customer service. A lot of companies in the beginning, they have to have a certain level of uh, customer service. They, they're very high touch. And then as they grow, they sort of remove that high touch just because it isn't scalable. So I was like, what can I do that's not scalable? I was like, oh, I can actually personally vet people. I can have one-to-one -one conversations to figure out what they want to do. And for the businesses, I'm basically interviewing them. So that way they say, hey, I'm looking for someone who wants to be an admin. Oh, I know someone who's looking for a nine to five, who's looking for a job with benefits, who would love something like this. So that's sort of how I sort of fell into recruiting. 
I don't like the title of recruiters because recruiters usually have a bad rep. They're very fee based. They're just like, oh, who, which candidates can make me the most money? They tend to only focus on high level positions like, hey, a VP, a director, because they can make a 20 to 30 percent fee off a 100 to 200K salary. I tend to focus on all different types. So I'll even do an admin position. So I do do the placements, but it's only because it's a natural extension of my business in that people are coming to me and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job or my friend's looking for a job or my nephew's looking for a job. So that's the only reason I sort of fell into recruiting. But I use the money I make from recruiting. I funnel it back into the ads and the advertising and the other services like content and to grow that aspect. You've probably been meeting a lot of really interesting people while doing this. What are some of your success stories? What are some jobs that you filled? What are some stories that you've discovered? What's some of, what's some of, what are some of the lives that you've changed? One of them is actually one of my business partners. So he did not have a college degree. And I tend to work with a lot of people in tech only because tech is a little more forgiving. It's like, hey, do you know this program? programming language? Do you know this software? Do you know how to work with this specific machine? Or do you know how to work with this certain OS? And that's very tangible, right? There are certain industries that is so hard. Like if you're in finance, it doesn't matter if you're the world's biggest genius, right? If Warren Buffett didn't have a college degree, he would not be able to work at t- some of these top funds regardless of his skill. So even my business partner, it's like we, he was like the testing project and he, you know, dropped out of college only because he was working and sort of using his work experience, he was able to move up. And now he's like a systems administrator at a very big company. And it it was tough because there were a lot of jobs he was eliminated from despite being fully qualified and despite being able to do the job. They were like, hey, you must have a college degree. We can't move forward with you. So he's one of the success stories. But I also get a lot of people who tend to not realize of the skills they bring to the table. And they don't, they sort of think like, oh, I need a college degree to be in this career. And I say, look, you know, obviously it's a slight barrier in some industries, but if you go out and you sell yourself and you sort of have the conversation that, hey, I can do this, here's what I bring to the table. Here's something that you can never learn in the classroom that I bring to the table. That another success story I would say is even my mentor. Like she, honestly, I don't even really ask people if they have degrees because I. Oftentimes, it's like it doesn't really get anywhere. There's so many assumptions associated with it. But she doesn't have a degree. And it's like it's something I never thought about. Like it's like after months of knowing her, she was like, yeah, you know, I don't have a degree. I was like, oh, you don't? And it's something I never thought of. So she's a success story. And it's just I come across a lot of people in tech. And it's sort of like as long as you guide them, as long as you kind of push them and say, hey, you know what? These are the languages. These are what you need to know. So I kind of worked with kids and kind of figured out what boot camps they should have gone to because a lot of coding boot camps pop up. And so they're very good alternatives because you pay, you go for like three months. It's usually tough. I know some of them, you go from like nine to six, Monday to Saturday, and you eat, sleep, and breathe code all day long. So those, I would say, those are some of the success stories. You said you had a, a mentor. Do you mentor the people who are looking for work? Do you give them tips and techniques and hints on how to do an interview, what to say, how to say it, if they're coming from, say, a, a housewife looking to go back to the office or a returning veteran? Yeah, so I actually do. Because one thing I see that a lot of people 
they, a lot of people are taught that you have to do things a certain way. And the fact is, life is an open book test. There's no one formula. So oftentimes I have to sit down and tell them, hey, you can actually do this or you can actually do that. So I, the, the business, I do a lot of mentoring for people and kind of show them, hey, you know what? You, this is how you would go about in your specific situation because it's different for everybody. If you have a family and you have several kids, it's different. If you are young and single or if you're divorced or if you're this, everybody has different life goals or different life circumstances. So I always have to sort of pry it out of them and kind of figure out what's best for them. Because oftentimes the first answer they give me is wrong. It's kind of what they're used to telling and no one questions them. So I have to question them. And, I, and interviewing is like a lot of people struggle with that just because, yes, they're the cookie cutter ways, but you have to find a style that works for you, your personality and your goals. So I'm, I actually released an, a podcast episode on how to prepare for an interview because that was a question I was having. That was the most common question I was getting that, hey, how do I prepare? And it was like, I'm having the same repetitive conversation hundreds of times. Let me just put it in a podcast episode because 90% of it is applicable to almost anyone. And then if they have further questions, they can ask me. So I, I found that was one way to sort of save some time while still being giving them the level of service I want to provide them. Do you also mentor the people looking to hire? Because nowadays with the shift in population, companies are struggling to fill jobs, but they're also struggling to market themselves yeah. correctly to find the right jobs. Yeah, so I do work with the company. So when someone says, hey, I want to hire, I actually sit down with them and kind of ask them a lot of questions like, hey, why are you hiring this? How much are you paying? What's your expectations? And then sometimes I'll tell them, hey, look, you want this unicorn of a person but you only want to pay minimum wage. I was like, look, I realistically can't find someone for you. And I was like, do you honestly need a unicorn to succeed in your business? Because most businesses think that you need a unicorn. But the fact is that you should sh set up your business in such a way in that anybody with a minimum skill set can fill the job and do well. Because if your process is so good, you're not dependent on this unicorn. Because what happens to unicorns? They leave. Unless you're paying them really well, unless you're treating them really well, they're going to leave. So it's like you need to set up a process. So I work with a lot of businesses and I kind of set down their expectations. And sometimes they'll say, hey, why would I hire? One of the requirements is that they must have a degree. And I'll say, and I tell them, I was like, do they need a degree to do the job? And then they'll say, hey, why would I hire someone without a degree when I have so many people with degrees? I was like, look, if someone can do the job, what does it matter? Because that's all you care about. And they're like, yeah, you're actually right. I worked for one company that would only hire people with master's degrees from Ivy League colleges, and they brought me in. I have a bachelor's from a little backwater college yeah. in New Hampshire. Why are you hiring me? And that's like, because you proved you could do the job. Hey, there's a thought. Why don't you continue to hire that? Yeah. You know, they always talk about diversity and thought, and it's like you sort of need people from different backgrounds because when people all come from the same background, you just have the same ideas, you do the same things, and you're gonna you're seeing a lot of companies who are just catering to a demographic that always existed, and now they're making lots of money. I think you looked at Rihanna, where she came out with, you know, makeup for African American women and people with darker skin, and she's doing well. But it's like they've always existed. It's like you didn't have anybody in the room who thought like, hey, we should cater to this demographic. So. I think, like you said, it's super important to kind of understand what you need and how, because if you want to do things different, you have to do things differently. You can't 
do the same thing that everyone else is doing and expect different results. It's just not how it is. They try to achieve diversity through these methods, but it's like you achieve diversity by being open to other things. There are some people I send to companies who would never ever get the interview if they were chosen by the company. But I tell them, look, have the conversation with them and see. And then later they're like, wow, I was actually surprised that this person had what I was looking for. And it's like, you really have to sort of expand your mind. And that's kind of why I started No Degree is that so many people were being left behind because they did not go to college. And then you hear all these success stories of like, oh, this guy worked up from a janitor to like CEO, or this guy worked up in 20 years, he's the second in command. Now it's, there's some companies where it's not, you can't do that. They're not even allowed to move up. Like the janitor is not even allowed to sort of move into the office despite how much they know, just because they're eliminated at the time. But it's like, if you have the conversation to actually get to know the person, you can actually then give them a chance. But if you don't even, if you don't even have the conversation, you sort of eliminated the possibility. Where do you see NoDegree.com moving on within the next three to five years? In the next three to five years, I kind of see, I'm sort of in talks with some pretty big companies, and I'm pretty sure you've read the headlines where it's like Google, IBM, Ernst & Young, all these big companies and other companies, they're sort of going on that you don't require, a, they, they're dropping the degree requirement. So I kind of want to work with those companies because there are some individuals, and it's super hard to find these individuals unless you're really on the, on the ground, right? You're really looking for them who have been managing servers from when they were 15 and who've been doing a lot of things. And at 19, they sort of know a whole bunch of things just because they're self-taught. They have a passion for this. They've been doing it since they were 13. They've been knowing how to code. They sort of built this app on their own. So I want to sort of work with those individuals to kind of place them at these top companies because a lot of these top companies, they have the same formula. Oh, we need to hire people from the Ivy League who have these back this, these credentials and this background. So I really want to place these individuals because once you start placing those individuals and they're doing a good job, they start opening up to more possibilities. So that's really what I want to do, kind of just change the mindset because college is just getting more and more expensive. It's like even the textbooks probably cost as much as tuition did, uh, you know, back in the day. And it's just getting, it's not reasonable for a lot of people. And then there's a interesting statistic, 40% of people who graduate college work in jobs that don't require a degree. And it's like, you pay all this money, and you're not even working in a field that requires it. So I think the big thing in the next three to five years is I want to produce a lot of content to introduce people to a lot of careers. I just recently launched my podcast, the No Degree Podcast. And I kind of want to share the stories of people who don't have college degrees and kind of introduce them so other people have an idea of how can I be like this person or what can I do to become successful in a different way. What do you say to parents who are horrified at the concept that their child is going to skip college because that was the American dream for quite a while? Oh, this, I see this happen all the time and even with people we personally know they're like, hey, my nephew doesn't want to go to college or he's taking a semester off. He's having a hard time. And he's like, I don't understand. I've always had a college degree. Everyone in my family has a college degree. And I think like you're in a career that doesn't require a college degree and you're successful. So I have to really break it down to them. Like, why do you feel horrified? Because oftentimes in this in like the 60s to early 90s, college was super affordable Everybody who went was successful. You could major in music and work at Microsoft or IBM. That was just how it was because it was 
not everyone went to college, so it was more valued if you went to college, and you were just seen as smart, whatever, and you have to have the resources to go to college, because you have to be able to take off four years off of work to really do that, and not everyone has that luxury. So when I, t- when I talk to these parents, you really have to, I understand their mindset in that everybody that they knew that was successful had a college degree. So there, a lot of times parents give us advice that was right at when they grew up, but the fact is the world changes, right? We don't have typewriters. We don't have a lot of professions that were did well when they were around. So I, I try to tell them like, hey, look, you're giving them advice, but when the advice you're giving, you went to college at a time when it was dirt cheap. You could work a summer job mowing lawns, pay your full tuition. Now, if you work a summer job, you can't even pay your textbooks. And so I try to ask them, like, why do you think, why are you horrified? And then I say, well, if your kid spends a lot of time learning and does these things and gets a job and is successful, will you be horrified? And they're sort of like, no. I mean, some people you can't. They're like, oh, you have to go to college. You have to go to this. But And I try to really dig deep why. Like, I'll ask them. What's the most important thing you learned in life? I'll ask people that. And most of the time, they never learned it in a classroom. So I try to tell them, like, as long as they're learning, they're reading, they're proactive, it doesn't matter whether or not they learn through school or they learn through other means, as long as they're learning. So I tell them, look, just make sure that they're going down, they're doing certain things, and you won't be as horrified. So that helps some parents, but some parents, you just can't convince them. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to change their mind. One of the students I mentor, she 20, she quit school at the end of her sophomore year because she wanted to run her business that she was starting. And her mother was horrified and appalled. And her father was like, school will always be there. Yeah. And it's the, her, her business is doing well and she's mentoring me as much as yeah. I'm mentoring her. But I even have friends who are college professors saying, not everyone needs to be in college. And you have to ask, why are you going to college? Are you going for an education or are you going for work training? Yeah, no, I see it all the time. A lot of people in college, they go, they skirt by, they just party all the time. And it's like, you sort of, why are you paying for that? You can do that for free. And the fact is not everyone learns the best at 18 years old. Not everyone has the right mindset at 18 years old. If I meet someone who's a straight A student, knows what they want to do, has a full ride or is paying very little out of pocket, I tell them, go to school. It makes sense. But if you take the student who's doing bad, who's never done well in school, and you put them in college and they have to pay a lot, what happens is they just drop out after two years. And then that carries on with them for the rest of their life. I found that the best students were people who came back to school. Only because when you're like 28, when you're 30, when you're 40 and you're going back to school, there's a damn good reason why you're going back to school. You know, hey, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm going to get out of it. This is the goal that it's going to help me achieve. That's what I would really tell people. Just kind of figure out why. And not everyone learns well, good in the classroom. There's some people who need an apprenticeship. Some people who sort of need to work on projects. That's just how they learn. You know, they just get bored in the classroom. I see that happen so many times. And if you look at some of the most successful people, they didn't have college degrees. You look at like a Bill Gates Right. And then he there's a funny quote. He said there was a guy he went to in school in Harvard and he was like, there was this one exam like I was not doing so well in this class and this guy got all A's. He's like, now he's an engineer at Microsoft and I'm the CEO. And it just goes to show that it's like you really have to figure out what's best for you. Other one, Richard Branson, you know, CEO of the Virgin Group, he was told when he graduated high school that 
his professor told him, you're either going to be a millionaire or end up in prison. And the reason he did so bad in school was because he was dyslexic. So he could not... So you see a lot of people, it's like, if you have ADD, you have certain conditions that you're just not well-suited for the class environment. You learn at a different place. You just learn differently. Those people are sort of meant to fail in the classroom environment. But outside in life, when there's this open world, they have certain unique skills or they have certain insights that allow them to succeed. And then you have like Steve Jobs, again, it's like one of the best CEOs of all time. He took Apple from a company that was on the brink of bankruptcy to the powerhouse it is today. And, you know, that's his legacy. And it's like no one cares that he doesn't have a college degree. How do you find people to talk to? Do they find you online or do you just start chatting up people while standing in line for a movie or when you're grocery shopping? And how do you find people to talk to so people find me online. I'm pretty big on LinkedIn, so a lot of people message me that way. But I really talk to every... Any chance I get to talk to someone, I talk. Because it's like you could go through life just looking at your phone, texting away, or you could actually have conversations with the people you meet. And I learn so much just by talking to others. That's the number one way I learn. So I'll talk to people in the elevator, and I'll ask them what do they do. And I say, hey, I help people without college degrees uh, find jobs. They're like, oh, what do you... I was like, hey, I own nodegree.com. And they're like, wow, you know what? I know that's actually, and 99% of, I think almost all the time, I get a very positive response. And I kind of ask them like, what are you doing? And they, they'll kind of tell me like, hey, I'm doing this, but I'm looking to do this. So that's really how it starts. So I, I find that I ask a lot of questions because when you ask a lot of questions, people tend to open up because people don't mind having conversations. I mean, once in a while you get someone, like I've talked to some people and you ha- they really don't want to talk, but you, you find that out pretty quickly. For But for the most part, it's like if you put yourself out there and you really talk to people, and I get a lot of people just through referrals by knowing what I do. They'll say, hey, my nephew's looking for a job or my business partner's son is looking. So I think just by putting myself out there, I go to a lot of networking events. I spend a lot of time on like the social media, people reaching out. So I just, I'm... I'm a networker. It's just what I do. And it's I think it's one of the reasons I've been able to grow my business to the level I want. And one of the reasons I'll continue growing. Do you ever speak in front of groups? All the time. So I was the president of the Columbia University Toastmasters. So we started that group in 2014. I'm less involved now, but it was a small group. And through that, I was just forced to speak. Because when you have a growing group, students, they really only care about partying and grades. Outside of that, they don't care about public speaking. They just don't see the value in it. And a lot of people just don't. They don't see the value in communication because it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's very, there's a lot of art to communication. So through that, I'd go to meetings and it was like, oh, we had no speaker show up. So I was like, oh, well, I got to pull up, pull a speech out of my head that I scribble down on a piece of paper. So through that, I was just forced to really speak to people. I do a lot of presentations. I'm actually a professional speaker, so I present at schools and other areas on networking and some other topics. I like it because it's like I have so many conversations, and when you're talking one person to many, it sort of saves you 30 different conversations, and the people who are naturally attracted to you and what you do will come up and say, hey, I love what you did. Can you help me? Or I know someone who could use your services. But I'll tell anyone... Public speaking is one of the most important skills. Communication is one of the most important skills. And you will never learn that in a classroom. It's just not possible. It's a very structured environment. Communication outside in the real world is very unstructured. There's no formula. What works on one person may not work on another person. How you talk to someone in an elevator is different than how you talk to someone in a bar or a restaurant. It's different than how you talk to someone in a podcast. It's different how you talk to someone on a TV. So it's like, I would tell someone, it's like, that's, that's a skill that everyone needs, regardless of profession. 
And college, a college won't teach you that. Sounds like there's a lot of ways to find you. Take a deep breath yeah. and tell us how do people can contact you. So the best way is on LinkedIn. Um, if you search up Janide Iqbal and can my... You spell sp- that. Yes. I, was, I always spell it because... <laughs> Autocorrect always changes it. So J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. And if you type in linkedin.com slash I-N slash J-O-N-A-E-D, it'll go straight to my page. Send me a message. Um, connect with me. I respond. The other way is if you go to the letter J at nodegree.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, no degree podcast, the no degree podcast. So I'm launching that. So if there's anything you'd like to see, feel free to shoot me an email. But I have uh, three episodes published as of this podcast, and I'll have many more. That's a good way to sort of get a lot of content. So I do episodes on how to prepare for an interview, how to become a bookkeeper, how to become like a district manager at a retail store, how to become a sort of work in the real estate industry, because there's so many industries that don't require a degree. So I think that's how you could really get the most value out of me. And how can we find your podcast? Uh, It's on all the platforms. Uh, you just search up the it's called the no degree podcast so you can't miss it if you want to uh, snapchat is no degree podcast facebook is facebook.com slash no degree inc or there's a contact us page on no degree.com how can we support your endeavor one thing i did was since i provide a lot of the content for free the podcast is free the content on my website is free if you really like what i'm doing i have a patreon channel where different tiers, you can do something like two bucks a month and anything helps. It just goes back into supporting the business and increasing the level of value and production I can do. So if you go to patreon.com slash no degree, anything helps. Even if you give 50 cents, I'm happy. So I would appreciate anything that comes my way. Excellent. We'll have all of that in the show notes as well. If you're on YouTube, you can see it below the video and you can also find it on the podcatcher. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. Thanks for listening. If you do business on Long Island and want to learn more about the Midday Referral Network, visit our website at middayreferrals with 2 dscom Catch you next time.